Hey, dealmakers, welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. I'm your host, Garrett Lynch, today, and today's guest embodies enthusiasm, Lee Prozenjack. He's worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and leaders in 20 plus countries. He's facilitated energetic and effective strategy sessions. He owns a dance studio, a hotel. Uh, He's just an amazing guy. He was an igniter for Simon Sinek. He's a dear friend of mine, and we have him on the show today. But first, if you guys have not got your tickets yet for DealMaker Live, please jump in now and get the super early bird pricing. Prices go up over time, so make sure you get in there if you want to join the event and meet people by the names of Damon John. Robert Helms are some of the big speakers that are there. Potentially find your next business partner. Check out this event. It's going to be amazing. It's June 2nd through 4th. Go to dealmakerliveevent.com. Want to give a shout out to Maddie. Uh, Maddie said, Michael and Garrett bring down aspects of real estate investing in every single episode that inspires and informs. Practical advice and real world of real estate investing. Thank you, Maddie, for that. So guys, today I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to retire and the difference between having the ability to retire. And I have actually some firsthand experience with this. So when I was, I think I was 19, I had this goal. I was like, you know what? By the time I'm 28, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to make this happen. Don't know how, don't know the roadmap, but that was what I was going to manifest. By 28 years old, I was going to be a millionaire. So I worked my butt off starting in college, putting myself through college, selling Cutco knives, uh, basically door to door. Got out of that, got into a different industry. I ping-ponged around for a little bit in my early 20s. Then I found real estate when I was 23. And I started my first company when I was 26. And we syndicated about 3,400 apartments in 10 different markets with uh, my partner at the time. Lo and behold, by the time I was almost 29, I was 28, things started to blow up inside of my partnership. And I ended up getting bought out a month before I turned 29. So 28 years old, I actually did become a millionaire. Now I was, I guess, technically a millionaire before, but it didn't seem real because I didn't have the cash in my in hand. So that was actually a, a pretty significant year for me. A lot of things happening. It didn't quite happen the way that I thought. Actually, I was I had more money than I ever thought I'd ever have, but I was also more miserable than I ever had been as well. So I was like, you know what? My goal, my purpose at this point was to basically be rich and retire on a beach. And while I didn't really have enough money to just do that forever, I was like, you know what? I'm going to simulate what it's like to retire. Let's see what that feels like. Let's see if this is really what I've been looking for this whole time. So I did. First, I traveled uh, all across the, the world. I went, uh, started in Thailand. I booked a one-way flight to Thailand. Then I went to Vietnam. I went to actually North Korea, which is a whole other story in itself. Went all over. And then I ended up landing in Australia. And I went to the most beautiful beach I could find. It's called Bondi Beach, just east of Sydney. And I went there and I was like, all right, I'm going to act like I'm retired and I'm going to see what this is like. So every day I went to the beach, I laid on a towel and talked to people, went out at night, got drinks, got dinner, did whatever I wanted. And I did this. And about day eight, 
I was starting to feel really miserable. And I was like, what this does, this doesn't make sense. You know, my, my whole, I thought this was the end for me. This was the end game. I had, I was going to retire and end up on a beach and just do whatever I wanted all the time. And, and that was how things are going to, you know, play out. Well, the reality is, is that I was not producing anything to the world. And what ended up happening was I was extremely unhappy, unfulfilled. I didn't really have a real purpose. My purpose wasn't to go lay on a beach because all of a sudden I had all this money. I didn't really under, fully understand that until I simulated it. Once I simulated it, I realized that I wasn't really happy at all. I was actually the opposite. I was miserable. So it's like sparked. I was like, you know what? I got to get back to work. I got to get back to doing things. And once I started to get back into the game, all of a sudden my happiness returned. I was like, wow, I'm more happy than ever. Not only that, I had a bigger chip on my shoulder than I ever had in my life to get back to work, get, get going, get busy. And it was so much more fulfillment on the other side. And after that, I just created this amazing partnership with Michael and Drew, and it's been unbelievable. There's a difference between actually retiring and having the ability to retire. And so you say, oh, I, I want to retire by the time I'm 40. That's great. What are you going to do? So actually having the ability to retire is financial freedom and meaning that you don't have to work anymore, that junk job you don't want anymore. You, you have the ability to do whatever you want. You could retire tomorrow if you want, but you're not going to because you want to play the game. The game is way more exciting than the end result. And so once I realized that, now I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum in a pretty short amount of time where my income far exceeds my expenses. So technically you could say I'm financially free, but I'm still playing the game. I could retire tomorrow, but I don't want to. And so I, in a rare instance, got to experience both sides of that. So what we do at Nighthawk Equity is pretty special actually, uh, because we actually help people get to that place through passive investments and cash flow. And so if you are interested in hearing more about how you can get involved with Nighthawk Equity and create an investment that will fuel your future and, and, and help you become get into a place where you can choose to retire if you want, but not necessarily do it because you don't want to stop playing the game. Or maybe you do actually want to retire and go lay on a beach. Just go to nighthawkequity.com, click the Join the Investor Club button, schedule a really brief call with our Director of Investor Relations, David. And if you qualify, you can, you can start getting our deals. And inside our deals, you can unlock the power to become financially free because they just they produce incredible results. So we've been doing this for a long time. We know what we're doing over at Nighthawk Equity. I've gone through every kind of scenario you could possibly imagine. So don't wait. Go check us out. So guys, back to the, the host. Lee Prozenjack is a serial entrepreneur, mentor, and investor, while also being an artist at heart. He's the founder of Cherry Creek Dance and is currently serving as the COO of Hesse Partners. And he is uh, also a former igniter at Simon Sinek Consulting. So worked directly with Simon Sinek. All of Lee's roles require interacting with other human beings through form movement and team exercises. He's an unbelievable person. Cannot wait to introduce you guys to Lee. You're listening 
to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Lee, welcome to the show today. Thanks. So happy to be here with you. Guys, Lee is a uh, really good friend of mine. Uh, I've known Lee for a while and uh, he's just got a, such an interesting story. Can't wait to hear more about it and, and share it with you guys, have him share it with you guys. So Lee, you at one point decided uh, that you wanted to start a dance business, uh, which is super interesting. Tell us a little bit about that, how that got going for you. Well, sort of. That's, that's, that's my official answer, <laughs> sort of. My wife actually started our dance business and she started that 29 years ago. I met her, I think it's been 23 years now that we've known each other. And as soon as I met her, I was a lighting guy for rock concerts and theater shows and stuff like that. And she, we met at an event that she was hired from the dance studio to do. And she said, hey, I see you doing all this production work. We've got a dance recital coming up. Would you be able to help me out? And she's cute. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever you ever want, which is a phrase that she still reminds me of like every day. Almost. She's like, you said that you'd do whatever I ever want. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't set out to start a dance business. I didn't start out to, you know, like that wasn't my, my calling in life or anything like that. But once I met her, I could sort of see the, see the vision, see the purpose that, that she had for this. And I said, all right, I want in. And I started hanging out there. And, and thankfully I was able to kind of to, to really spread the gasoline with that and, and, and spread the, spread the flame there and, and really accelerate the growth that she had already started without me. Wow. So you kind of helped, you got into her business and mm-hmm. you were in, in a few ways. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then you, you said, you know, let, let me see what I, what we can make this. So what happened when you got, you guys started working together on it, where did it go? Before I met her, she had rented one one dance room, one dance studio, and the lobby. And then very soon after that, she she added on a second room and added on a little more square footage sort of thing. And so she had to have somebody else teaching at the same time as her, which was kind of cool. And then could do all sorts of different things, like put siblings in different classes and stuff like that. And I just came along. And at that time, my first day, uh, the office manager like walked off the job like just kind of left. It was a mom of a dancer. And so she's like, Oh, I'm out of here. So she leaves. And Stephanie, my wife is sort of sitting there like, I don't oh, crap. What am I going to do now? Now I'm going to have to answer the phone. And I'm like, well, I'm between lighting gigs. Cause if I didn't have to go do a concert that night, like I don't have anything to do. And so I sat at the desk and I would just answer the phone. And it was really funny because it was very much on the job training. I, I got a phone call and it's like, do you have classes for a five-year-old? And I looked around and I saw the schedule. I'm like, yeah, we got totally, we got classes. I'm like what kind of classes? And I'm like, hold on a second. And I like put the phone on hold and ran into the dance room. And I'm like, what classes do we offer for a five-year-old? And Stephanie told me the information. I came back to the phone. I'm like, oh yeah, we've got hip hop. We've got ballet. We've got tap. We've got jazz. we got all these things. And they said, great. When are they? I'm like, hold on a second. And I ran to the other room and like, what would be good? So I figured that out pretty quickly about how to read the schedule and what that looked like. And then I'm sitting there and somebody called and said, do you sell tap shoes? And I'm looking around and I look in this closet. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's boxes of tap shoes here. And they're like, do you have a size 10? And I'm like, yeah, there's a size 10 right there. Sure enough, they came in, I sold the tap shoes. And like that night, I'm like, what, 
now I'm out of size tens. And Stephanie said, we call the, the manufacturer every night and leave a voicemail on the answering machine to say, we need more size 10 tap shoes. And so every night I would call in an order for like three pairs of shoes or whatever we sold that day. And I started saying, we should, let's stock up on inventory. Let's add and have two pairs of size 10 tap shoes so that I don't have to call every night and get a small box every day sort of thing. And so we just kind of grew organically like that. It was very much a lot of word of mouth. There was a lot of just who knows what's going to be the next thing that, that shows up at the front door, but we're ready for it and we will accommodate no matter what. So at some point, it's incredible. So you, you kind of built, and by the way, Cherry Creek Dance is now like a staple in Denver, right? Like it's just, if you're going to get dance, you're going to Cherry Creek. So, but at some point in this process, you're, you're, so you're like learning how to run a business. Yeah. You found your purpose and mm-hmm. uh, what Lee does guys, he's, he, he's helped a lot of people find their purpose uh, in life, including myself. And so I'm just curious, how did you find that? And then what is your purpose? Oh, great, great question. And, and probably my favorite question ever, really. So the reason why I get out of bed each and every morning is so I can go and create art. And I use that art so that everyone can discover their own inspiration, love, and greatness, whatever that looks like. And that's going to be super unique to each and every person, just like you. And it is to everybody that's out there too. That purpose is so different for each and every person. And that's part of what makes you who you are today. It was a journey for me to find mine. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I should be looking for. I didn't realize that that was a thing I should be thinking about or concentrating on or anything. And I heard a, a great speaker, Simon Sinek, who's, uh, who's a friend of mine now. And he talked about this. And I just sat there after he was done speaking. I called Stephanie and I said, we are going about this all wrong. And she said, what do you mean? Like, what speech did you hear today? Like, what are we supposed to do? What's the new thing that we're supposed to implement because of, you know, whatever speaker you heard at whatever conference you're at. And I, and I started laughing. I said, no, nah, this one feels different. And I asked her, I said, why, why do you do what we do? And she said, huh, I don't know. I just want to teach dance. And I said, yeah, but why? What, what goes along with that? And so we had a huge discussion and I was scribbling down notes the entire time and Basically, that's what we came up with. And so that's that's our goal at Cherry Creek Dance. It's our goal is not to, yeah, we train dancers, so people that want to go on to have professional careers and got people on Broadway and in music uh, videos and uh, you know all, all across the country and professional dance team members like NFL, NBA, that sort of stuff. And we train a lot of those people. But I'm equally as excited about the people that we train that like want to take one dance class a week for 10 years. So my goal is that I can help foster a love of arts in each and every person. And for some, that looks a little different than others. And that's cool. And others want to be way into it and and do this as a a life. And some just want to, you know, instead of going to the gym three days a week, they go to dance class. And that's cool, too. So whatever that art looks like for you, that's what I want to inspire you to do. And that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And when I do that, it's pretty awesome. And that's, that's how we met. And by the way, I think we've only known each other for like a year, like less than a year. doesn't feel like it. I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out when we talk about these deep purpose things and we have these conversations that are all around this and about our, our values and what those look like and how we can utilize those instead of just like, you know, how do I hire a better sales manager or something like that? Like these are the conversations that matter. And that's the stuff that really, that's what gets me going. 
I love that. It's like for me when I when I was going through this process with you, and I was I was like, you know what? It, it's like it's almost like you do it automatically, but you but when you put words behind it, it makes it more real, and it allows mm-hmm. you to almost maneuver around your life in a different way. You start to yeah. make decisions based on your the purpose that you've discovered and that you've been mm-hmm. able to put words behind, and you're like, hey, does that fit into my purpose? does that make sense? And and that was, I think the biggest shift for me was getting clarity around that so that it helped me kind of make my decisions, you know, shift my, my life. And, and, you know, it kind of induces almost like a different uh, identity in a way, because I, I know that you went through, you know, kind of an identity shift as well around this time, uh, you know, and specifically around, you know, the dance studio. I'm curious, mm-hmm. could, could you, Tell people about that a little bit. Totally. Yeah. My identity a- after meeting Stephanie and after, you know, doing this now for 23 of my years, 29 for her, like my identity was definitely tied with the dance studio. I was known as the dance guy. My business card, for example, it said my name, Lee Jack, And then my title was the guy that does everything but teach dance. And it was like a totally remarkable thing. Like it's on my business card. I sign off my emails like that. Everybody like comments on it. Oh my gosh, that's the best title I've ever seen. I'm like, it's the truth. It's what I do, right? Like it's one of those things that I do each and every day. And there was a day that I was sitting there. This person came in, they wanted to buy some ballet and tap shoes. And it was a random person off the street. I I couldn't even describe this person to you. If you asked me to today, I can tell you that it was uh, a middle-aged lady. That's about all the detail I have about this person. And so I sell ballet and tap shoes every day, right? Like multiple times a day to lots of different people. I can fit them in my sleep, right? I can size someone's foot from across the room, which is a fun party trick, but also looks a little creepy sometimes. So like this lady comes in, hey, I need ballet and tap shoes. Great. I fit the kid for those. And I'm walking back around the counter. And I said, that's going to be $39.86. And that's a number that's like ingrained in my brain. That's the price of ballet and tap shoes with tax already included, right? Like I know it by heart. And she said, wow, that's amazing. I said, what's amazing? She said that you know the price of those. And I I didn't want to be like, hey, lady, you're not that special, right? Like that I I sell these shoes all the time. And so I just said, well, wouldn't you be upset if I wasn't good at my job? She goes, I guess so. It's kind of a shame that you just work at a dance studio. And that really was a very cutting comment. And she immediately backpedaled like, oh, I didn't mean to. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Great. No problem. Because the customer is always right. And so I rang up, I swiped her credit card and I kind of was went, oh my gosh, that one sucked. Like I just work at a dance studio. Is that right? Is that? And because to me, it's, it was like the most noble thing I could possibly do at that time to inspire this art to continue and to inspire this random kid that I'm. I've never met, probably have never seen again or anything like that. I'm sure that that person doesn't remember that conversation or that, you know, that interaction or anything like that. If you do, and you're listening to this podcast, let's, let's have a chat because we, we can, we can talk about that later. But that was a, it was a very impactful day to me. And I didn't go out and say, well, I'm not going to be just the dance guy anymore, but it really said, I think I'm playing a little bit small here. I think there are some other ways that I can go and inspire people and go and make more of this and keep doing what we're doing here keep this purpose going here at cherry creek dance and what else is there what else can we do and so that was a really it was a pretty awesome experience actually so it 
it, it seemed like something that might have been a bad thing, but it was really it was really kind of a liberating experience. And I separated a lot from that identity, from that just that that job, the guy that does everything but teach dance. And I made it more about me and that purpose. And all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, I'm an, I'm an artist. That's that's very different. And so I spend my days creating art and that art just looks different each and every day. So some days that is fitting ballet and tap shoes or inspiring a, a brand new two-year-old to get into class or inspiring the, you know, that adult that comes in and says, I haven't danced in like a thousand years. I'm going to be so bad. And this is going to look so funky. And I don't, I don't I'm not sure I want to be here. And I'm like, you got this. I, I can't wait to see you. And let's talk after class because I think you're going to have a whole different opinion all of a sudden. And it's probably going to hurt a little bit because you're going to be a little bit sore, but like, it's going to be a great thing. And other days that means I get to work with a group of CEOs or I can, I can talk to somebody one-on-one and all those things are equally as artistic to me. It just looks very different each and every day. Do you feel like you're stuck with your multifamily syndication business? Have you tried various different things and, uh, and it just kind of petered out? You know, it's not your fault because it's really hard to do this on your own. If you want to work one-on-one with a full-time syndicator, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor because that mentor is going to help you do your first deal much faster and they're going to help you avoid some of the pitfalls and the big mistakes you can make in the business. So if that describes you, check out our mentoring program. In fact, we guarantee that you'll do your first deal in the first year. It's the only program that we know that does that. And we'd love to have a conversation with you. So go to themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor, fill out a short form, and then we'll have a conversation. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So so just by 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 taking it, your kind of the things you were already doing internally and, and you were able to put it into words, mm-hmm. now it takes a different form yeah. anywhere in your life, essentially, yeah. which is the magic behind behind discovering that purpose. And it helped me as well because I always had this and, and mine is uh, to lead with creativity so that we can make a difference together. And, and so I always had this like creative energy inside of me. And I was like, you know, I always thought that I should be like a, like a graphic designer or something like that Mm. was just something I always like, I could do it forever. I could do it for hours, but I could also like edit videos for hours. Like I loved doing stuff like that. And that all kind of, it fed me. In, in that way that it gave me like this, like, I just love doing it, you know, but yeah. I always thought, I was like, you know, there's, I don't know how to make money doing this or is, is it really, should I go be a, you know, I was even at, at one point I was uh, a intern for MTV because I thought I wanted to be an entertainment because that was creating, it was feeding that art side of me, the creative part of me. So, but I took, I chose the path of real estate, which there's been different forms of that. So when I brought this out, let's say, you know, I brought out that, you know, to lead with creativity. Well, there's so many different creative ways that I can apply that muscle into real estate that serves Mm -hmm. that purpose that serves, you know, the industry that every time it pops up, I'm like, Oh, there it is again. You know, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's structuring debt instead. I love being creative in how I structure debt or I love being leading with creativity in how I uh, construct our, renovations, the paint colors that we use, whatever it is. Mm. And I don't feel guilty about the fact that I'm not doing graphic design. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it's like one of those. And so you kind of did something similar and you shifted away. You're like, listen, that, that the, 
you know, the, the whole dance thing, that's amazing, but there's other versions of this that exist. Mm-hmm. And let's see where else we can apply it to the point where now you, you've done things like uh, invest in, in properties in, in, uh, in Denver, right? I have some in Denver, some in Ohio, and most recently invested into a, a project in the Bahamas. So Lee is now a, a, a major owner in a hotel in the Bahamas. So at some point, Lee, you decided to go and you got here because you made a decision one day yeah. uh, to li- start living a financial free, financially free lifestyle, essentially. You're like, yeah. like, I, like, I don't know a ton of people that have done this, but you, one day you're like, you know what? I want to go live in the Bahamas. I'm going to go do it. <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. to reside there. How did that happen? What, what came from that? That's a, it's a really fun story. And I was in, uh, I was working with a group of CEOs and this, this one person had this like horrible, like nightmare experience with, they were building a house for themselves and they, they put their house on the market and it was a hot market. So it sold like too quick. And then they were like, oh my gosh, where am I going to live for the, and then on top of it, like the buyers said, like, we'll give you an extra 50 grand if you can be out like in, in like a week or something like that. And they're like, sold, we'll do it. And so they like got out and they're like months from having their house complete. And then they're trying to find something to go into like temporary housing. This is a long time ago. And so they, they, they got into some temporary housing somehow, something. And then like the builder, like went belly up and couldn't like complete the project. And so like, they couldn't wait for that to get done. And so they rented an Airbnb, which this was early days of Airbnb. And so they're like, oh my gosh. So they, they did this, they rented that for like a month. And then one of their friends was going to be out of town for like a month. So they went and house sat for their friend for like a month. And then they got another Airbnb and they're trying to get, you know, a home. And all of a sudden they said, well, we can, we can like, really, we can work from anywhere we can do whatever. And basically we need the clothes that are in the trunk of our cars. It was a, it was a young couple. And they said, so we, we need the clothes that are in the back of our cars. And then we need a, we need something, a strong internet basically. And then we could be anywhere. And they sort of like this idea of moving around town into these different Airbnbs. Cause they got to explore a different area of town and they got different restaurants and there's a different walking pattern and a different way to, you know, they didn't have a physical office anymore. So like this, this kind of cool. And they said, you know, I can be anywhere. So we decided we, they went to Bali for a month and they're like, cool. And it was less money for them to live in Bali than it was for them to live in the U S for that month. And they didn't have anything to, you know, they didn't have a storage unit to pay or any of that sort of crap. They parked their uh, cars with their clothes in it, in their, their friends, uh, uh, you know, garage or, or uh, driveways and stuff for a month. And they'd go travel around. And they, when they talked about that, like it was less expensive to be gone for a month than it was to live in the U S for a month, it really got me thinking. And I went home and then here I go with Stephanie again, and I'm scribbling out notes. She's like, what are you thinking about now? And I said, do you realize that it costs us $250 a night to live in our home? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, here's the, here's the mortgage. And we got the internet bill and we've got the landscaping person and we've got the cleaning person. And we've got just, uh, you know, insurance and taxes and, you know, all this stuff. And I said, it, it's 250 bucks a night to live in our home. I said, what kind of hotel could we get for 250 bucks a night? I'm pretty sure that the JW Marriott would be like happy to have us and give us every 10th night free or something like that. It could be less expensive to go live in a hotel. And Stephanie's like, yeah, but we need a house. So we're not moving into a hotel today. And I said, all right, well, let's think about that. And how can that play into our long-term strategy? So what can we do where we can go live in this place that's awesome and then be able to either rent that house or figure out how we 
don't have to be driven by the money part of it, that we can actually do some other things instead that make and show up that, you know, where that money can show up in different ways. And it doesn't have to be beholden to that, that one place. And it, I, you know, I, I suppose I'm a, I'm a pretty sentimental person too. So that was kind of hard. So we, during COVID, we moved out of our house of 19 years and uh, got an apartment in Denver instead and made the move to the Bahamas because why not? And if I, all my sessions and things like that, all of a sudden we're on Zoom and I said, well, I can Zoom from anywhere. Might as well Zoom from here. And so Bahamas it was. So it's been our rally cry for since we got married on the beach, this tiny little island called Harbor Island. We got married on the beach there 16 and a half years ago. And it's been our rally cry to let's buy the house that we got married at. I'm not there yet, wow. but I'm getting closer. And that's been the, you know, that's been that that North Star that I've been guiding towards for at least 16 and a half years. It's actually been slightly longer than that, but that's been the rally cry for 16 and a half years. Wow. That's amazing. And so you you get down to the Bahamas and then you you have this opportunity to buy a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, you know, I think I'm gonna buy a hotel <laughs> while I'm here. How did that? How did they come about? Like, how did how'd you get uh, in front of that? How how many how many guests have you had on your podcast, Garrett? That have said like, you know, no, no, I was a lighting person for rock concerts and theater shows, and then I owned a dance studio, and now I own a hotel. That's I mean, why like, you're here, Lee. It's the That's natural progression, isn't it? Isn't that the way that that, <laughs> isn't that how that always goes, right? Yeah. You know what's interesting is that there have been so many times in my life that I've just been like. I'm in the right room today. And this was another case of right place, right time. And here's what happened. It just kind of happened and it kind of fell into it. And I talked about it. It was a, a place that had some bad history of operations. And so I was talking to one of the, one of the owners, one of the shareholders about what, you know, like, here's what it, I think it takes to clean this up and to get it into a good, uh, a better spot sort of thing. And then I said, you know, Hey, I'm not looking for a free ride here. Why don't you let me put my money where my mouth is and let me invest into the project? And I didn't hear anything for months on end. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, right before the close of the year, they, they said, one of our investors wants out. Do you still want in? And I said, yeah, let's go. And so I invested into it. And then I bought more and I bought more and I bought more. And so like, that's just, the, that's just kind of the way that, that, that it sort of happened to me. I mean, it doesn't really matter to if I'm, if I'm selling tap shoes, or if I'm selling room nights, all of a sudden, the the idea there is the art that I'm creating is all those just magical memories that we can create and have like a just a, it's a blank canvas. And so I'm constantly talking to guests and just saying like, you know, what'd you do today? Or where'd you go to eat? Or what was the thing? Or, how, you know, what was your experience like? And even some of our friends that have come down and, and hung out with me there, they're like, this was like the best day of my life. And I say, fantastic. That's what I'm hoping to create. So it's a different set of memories than when you're at dance class or any of those CEOs that I, that I work with in between or any, right? Like I, that's what I'm hoping to just sort of, and it's really not me that does it, right? It's a combination of the environment and their open minding mindedness and their their experiences that they're having that day. So if they go out swimming with, with sea turtles or something like that, like, 
and that they're just open to like, wow, that was an amazing experience. And maybe that's something I'll never be able to get to do again or something. And I just call that a Tuesday afternoon. That's what I want to do. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And guys, for some of you guys out there that own apartment complexes, I don't think you realize that even the stuff that you do on the, on the capital improvements or the, the way when you're buying these businesses and you're, you're investing into them, you can make a big impact on people's lives and their day-to-day. You're, you have people living there. They're trusting in you to create a good environment for them. And the money is almost a byproduct. If you create this yeah. experience for people and they want to live by you and they want to they enjoy that, that as their home, you create that. You're in control of that. And Lee stepped into an environment that maybe didn't have enough of that and was able to kind of create that spark for people and create those memories. And it all goes back to his purpose. Mm-hmm. So the purpose that he was able to understand and put on paper and really put words to now shows up in different forms in his life in different ways and still pre- provides the same amount of fulfillment. And so I challenge you guys to try to understand what that is for in your life. You know, what is, what is your purpose and what's behind it? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you get up in the morning? What, what, when you do you do those things, why? And, you know, it's just knowing Lee and I guess the short amount of time that we've known each other, <laughs> I've known him for years, feels like forever, for years. feels like forever, yeah, feels yeah. like forever. You know, that was one of the big gifts that he was able to give to me was to help me get to understand that for myself. So guys, Lee's an incredible individual, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, Lee, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Oh, well, typically they'll find me on a boat, one of my friend's boats. Like that's my whole, I think like every day I'm like, how am I going to get on a boat? What boat are you on? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's, that's the best way. So grab a conch shell and uh, see which way the wind is blowing and we'll, we'll see where, where I end up that day. But yeah, let's connect. Let's chat. Let's talk about all these different things. LinkedIn's a really good place to find me, Lee Pros and Jack. If you, um, I'm sure you can Google me and do all sorts of stuff like that too. Uh, Lynchpin is my company with my friend Anthony DeMarco, where we do CEO coaching, executive coaching, and roundtables and and things of that sort too. L Y N C H P Y N. So you can hit me Lee at Lynchpin.com, and we talk about all sorts of great things there too. It's a good name, by the Thanks. way. Thanks. Well. My last name is Lynch also, so that right. it's not named after me, unfortunately, but no, it could be. It could be. <laughs> See, maybe maybe you want to own a hotel too, or maybe you want yeah. to own a coaching company, or maybe you want to, who knows, right? Like here's a good thought for you. This is my litmus test that I, every day, I, I kid you not, every day I, I go to this, I call it my pillow test. And every night as I go to lay my head on the pillow, I think to myself, did I live my purpose today or not? And if I did, I go to sleep. And if I didn't, no matter how tired, no matter what has happened today, no matter what I have coming up tomorrow, I do something to go live that purpose. I go have to go create some sort of art in my case. And so I will get my butt out of bed and go do something that's artful to me before I can go to sleep. Because I don't want to live a day where I'm not living towards that purpose. And with that, guys, thanks so much, Lee. You are fantastic. I can't wait to chat soon. Thanks, buddy. Guys, I love what Lee said about understanding your purpose 
and how that plays into your identity change. So your whole identity can change when you really understand why you're here. And that's the bottom line. It really helped him understand, is he playing too small? I asked myself that question. Am I still playing too small? What else could I do to play bigger? And I I really challenge you guys to ask yourselves, are you playing too small? And why do you do the things that you do? Uh, It's not an easy question to really come face to face with and then also to answer. How can you play bigger? How can you be more present? What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, but guys, I I, yeah, I really enjoyed the, his message on that side. Meeting Lee was one of the most impactful things that I think I could have done because it helped me with my whole identity shift. Um, you know, I really affiliated with this one person over here. And once I figured out my purpose, I realized that I could bounce around and be different versions of that purpose. And as long as I took my creativity and I applied it in different areas, I was serving my purpose. And so The other thing that I really took away from this interview with Lee was putting yourself in the right environment will actually open doors that you didn't know existed. And I love that he just picked up and went to the Bahamas out of nowhere. I mean, there's a story behind why he did it, but he just took a risk and all of a sudden he owns a large chunk of a hotel in the Bahamas. How cool is that? So sometimes you might be wondering, hey, do I just take that risk? Do we go with it? Do I trust my gut? And in this instance, that's all he does. He trusts his gut and serves his purpose and great things happen. So I encourage you guys to, to trust your gut and take that risk that could potentially change your life forever because there's doors on the other side of things that you don't even know exist. And sometimes you just have to open one to open the rest. So with that, thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. If you'd like to get involved into in multifamily real estate, and you're not sure how please check out the mentoring program that Michael has. It is one of a kind. It is a phenomenal program. Uh, It's something that I I wish that I had back in the day when I was getting started to help you shortcut your way to success as an operator, as a general partner in multifamily real estate. It's just one of those special tools out there that exist. If you guys would like to find out more, just reach out to us at themichaelblanc.com and sign up to chat with one of our mentors. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, Head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.